is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guests today are Tanya and Stephanie Faulkner. Guys, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thank you so much for having us, Kevin. So tell us, and you guys can decide who goes first. Just tell us a little bit about yourselves. You go. Um, well, we are sisters, we can't hide it. <laughs> um, uh, we are originally from Austria and now we live in Luxembourg and we run a digital marketing business together. Um, we both uh, kind of got into digital marketing by accident, more or less. <laughs> um, so for me, it was like when I was, I was working in finance before and I didn't really like it. So I while studying, I, I noticed that I like marketing much more and this is how I kind of shifted into marketing and just wanted to give it a try. And I actually really liked it and I learned a lot about online marketing and took some online courses and basically studied everything I could. And yeah, and this is how I found what I really, really love. And for Tanya, it's been kind of similar. Yeah, for me, um, also while studying, I, I mean, we both finished our degrees and then we kind of slipped into marketing more or less and we decided kind of early that we didn't want to do the nine to five um corporate world and this is how i got into marketing and then um we decided that we could like team up and try this together and now we have our business called marketing minds and uh yeah she moved to luxembourg first i joined her last year and here we are <laughs> So, so take us back to kind of your, say your secondary school, university, what was the, what was the normal path that, that you guys chose? I mean, you said, Stephanie, you said that you were in finance. I'm assuming, Tanya, did you have a similar path or? Very different. My degree was actually management and law, mm-hmm. um, which I am thankful that I did because it was super interesting to me and it sets you up for like a great foundation. Um, and then Pretty much most of what we learned regarding marketing, we did online by ourselves. Um, our path before that was kind of diverse. Like our high school um, was like geared towards languages. So we like studied English and French and Spanish and Russian <laughs> and whatever not. Um, <laughs> um, As and- one does, obviously, you know, just <laughs> random languages, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we kind of got out of that um, and towards, like she said, she did finance and, and, and business management in general, and I did marketing and law, um, management and law. Yeah. Wow. So, so this was in Austria. You were working at a company, and one day you just had, a, had an epiphany, and you said, I'm out of here. I'm done. This is, I've got to go do something else. Or, I mean, or was it a more of a gradual transition where you're thinking, you know, I, I do Twitter, I do Facebook. I, you know, I, I use these social mediums, you know, personally, and you know, I could actually intertwine this with business. What was it that, you know, walk us through kind of that transition story of, you know, sitting in the cube and, and hating life and thinking, okay, what, what's next? Actually, I think it started even earlier for us um, when we went to uh, high school. Um, we had to do an internship. So when we were 17, we both went abroad for three months. Um, Tanya went to uh, Wales and I went to Ireland. And that was 
kind of our first experience abroad by ourselves or with a friend, but you know, without parents or anyone else. Uh -huh. um, and that's also when we discovered that we really love traveling and we love um, visiting other countries and um, getting to know other cultures. And this is also when we kind of found our love for languages a little bit. And so this is when it all started. And when we, when you just, when we realized that we want to see the world. And then also uh, while we were studying, we both did a, um, like a few months or a year abroad. Um, Tanya studied in Australia for six months, six months, right? Um, and I studied in France for a year. So it just continued to be like this. And then we also traveled during our studies. Um, for example, I did a, like a one month training program in Hawaii. So it totally random, <laughs> but um, we just did those things and we always loved the freedom to travel. And we kind of figured that we had to find something that allows us to do that. And, and the marketing path, luckily it, it was not like, like you said, we were not sitting in the, in the tube depressed. <laughs> <laughs> she was with the company and she slipped from marketing towards uh from finance towards marketing um because they were just starting out and you know we're needing people in the department and for me it was kind of similar i was working with the company as well and um i got into it kind of as a sales marketing assistant kind of thing and um i just decided that i don't want to go to sales routes so i went with marketing side of things and yeah, at first I really didn't want to because she was already doing marketing. I'm like, nah, I'm going to do something different this time. Because like, we've always been doing more or less the same. Um, but it's working out pretty well so far, so <laughs> can't complain. So, I mean, have you had any experiences? I mean, you guys are sisters and, and you obviously get along well, but have you had any of those moments where you look at each other and go, you know, I want to do this and she wants to do this. And we just, you know, we're just at an impasse here. We're good. We can't, we can't agree on this. So we're just going to have to take a little break here and come back. <laughs> kind of I, I haven't had any of those moments for years, to be honest. <laughs> we had that, of course, when we were younger, but like that's crazy like over 10 years ago. And since we were like 15, 16, um, we were just like that and getting along very, very well. And and we're that's so amazing. Similar, so and interestingly, it gets, actually, it's quite the opposite. Like, we moved in together as well and we become more similar, I think. <laughs> um, I just mentioned to you before, people think we're twins every now and then, which we're not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're pretty lucky. So, nothing, nothing major so far. Yeah, Tanya, Stephanie, off camera, she mentioned you're 10 years older. Is that correct? No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So Stephanie's three years older than me, uh, which is not a lot. And it was when we were younger, but, you know, three no, years, nothing like, now. No, no difference. Well, I have teenage daughters and I want you guys to come and chat with them about how to get along with each other and how not to have those conflicts. That's exactly Don't worry, right. they'll get there. <laughs> they, yeah, okay. We, we have hope that they will get there. Oh, yeah. So I am really interested in this, uh, how you decided on what specifically to go into and, and maybe talk a little bit about, you know, do you have a specific niche that you are, are targeting or is it more of a broad kind of digital marketing a space that you're looking at or I mean, you have a certain industry that you work with? Mm 
Um, so we got into social media marketing. I think it was just along the way when we were when we took courses about digital marketing in general. Um, of course, we looked at uh, different areas, but social media kind of stuck out because we saw the potential of it for companies, especially in Europe, um, because there are a lot of companies that are a little bit like it takes them a little bit more time and in the, in the, than in the US um, to adapt and to uh, really build a social media and online presence. So um, our focus is social media marketing, but we don't, we don't really have a specific niche or industry at the moment. And we've been thinking about that quite a lot, especially when we started out, because you, know, you hear people from all sides, you should specialize in something, you should focus on a specific niche, um, you should just do Facebook ads, for example, but it just didn't feel right to us because we, we like um, working with different companies. Like right now, we work with tech companies. We work with B2C and B2B companies. Um, we do have some companies that, are, like, that we are a little bit more passionate about. But overall, we, we love the mix. Mm -hmm. And we also... I think we kind of just had to figure out that the market that we are tackling right now, which is mostly in Europe... Um, it's not just social media marketing what they need. And if you approach them with like, hey, I can manage your Facebook page. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we took a step back from that. And we're also doing a lot of digital marketing consulting right now because um, there's just a lot of companies that where you just have to take a step back and like explain to them or walk them through the process of how do you build your online presence and your whole digital marketing in general, not just your social media. It's just a small part of it. Right. So how, how did you determine what, what your pricing structure was going to be? Uh, did you say, okay, here's what we, we have to have every month to live, and then we're just going to divide this by the number of companies we work with? Or did you say, okay, is it a, is it a per job basis per month? Is it a number of hours that you work for companies? So how do you, how do you arrive at kind of a fair, you know, the fair market value, I guess, of, of your services? That's definitely a good question. And it's, a lot, it's, it's something that a lot of um, – entrepreneurs starting out struggle with and so did we because you just you know you just have to make your own experiences and I think to start out with it's always good to have kind of a an hourly rate in mind even if you don't um like charge uh, by the hour exactly right. charge by the hour right. yeah. but you have that in mind when you calculate the prices and mm -hmm. we work on monthly retainers mm -hmm. uh, and of course by now we know how long specific things take, take us or what the value is for the company but to start out, I think that was probably the most helpful thing for us to do, to kind of, at least in your head, um, calculate it by mm. hourly rates. Sure. And you, you started like um, this, you, you actually created this company in 2018? Yes. Okay. So you've been going for what, eight, nine months about this time or almost a year? When did it start specifically? Um, so I think I probably started like one and a half, maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and only a little later, we decided that we wanted to do this together. And together, we've been doing it for like six to eight months yeah. or so. We started. So you were doing this independently or were you doing this for a company? that you for? Okay. Mm -hmm. I was doing it for a company. Okay. So... You guys, you guys were kind of doing the similar tasks, but, but in different areas. And you said, hey, we can do this together and we can, I don't have to go to an office anymore. And I can actually, or were you working remotely at that time? 
actually, we've always been working remotely. Yes. So is this an Austrian company that you were working for or just a company out of the part of yeah. Europe? No, exactly. For me, it was an Austrian company and I started working with them um, while I was studying. Mm -hmm. So that's also how everything started, how I started to work remotely, basically while I was still studying in France. And then I got uh, back to Austria and I was still working with them remotely, you know, just part time. And then after I finished my studies, I um, fully worked with them, but still remotely because then I moved to Luxembourg. Um, so I've always been working remotely with them, really. So I, I don't really know that the office life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm trying to live vicariously through you guys to do an <laughs> office job. That's it. So yeah. what was the draw to Luxembourg other than the fact that it's just a really cool little place in the center of Europe there, center of Western Europe? It was love. <laughs> it was love. <laughs> it, for all people that come here, it's either work or love. And for me, it was love. <laughs> and for me, it was her and business. That's, so. right. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. It was family. That's, that's yeah. what it was. So I, yeah, I've been there a number of times. My uh, two older children actually went to boarding school in Germany. So, and we were living in the UK at the time. So we would drive back and forth and go through Belgium and go through Luxembourg and France, you know, getting to Germany. So it was a, just a really interesting part of the part of the world. But when you when you're working with company with countries in different or, or companies in different countries, um, how do you handle the language barrier? How do you handle the, the the linguistic transitions from you know from German to French to Flemish to you know the different varieties of English to Spanish to Italian to I mean is is there a uh, quote you know, a lingua franca? I mean is Eng is English the the kind of the common denominator language across business in Europe or what have you found so far? I mean, you guys obviously are, are uh, pretty uh, proficient in a number of different languages. So um, what do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, uh, we work in English and German. So those are the two languages we work in and all the companies that we work with is either um, those two languages that we do the marketing in at least. I mean, we work with other companies that have French as their main language, but they mm -hmm. still do their digital marketing in English, for example. Right. right. So, um, so far, we didn't have many problems with it. I mean, of course, we we only work with companies that we feel comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, yeah, we do speak some French, but uh, we don't do um, the whole complete uh, marketing strategies in French at the moment. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in Luxembourg, it's it can be a little bit difficult from time to time because people, um, they grow up speaking four languages, more or less. So they learn uh, French, German, Luxembourgish, and then you also have uh, English and a lot of Portuguese. Um, so it's hard for companies to determine in which language they actually want to do their marketing in. Mm. Um, English is a good solution for most of them, but not for all of them because right. there are other surrounding countries they really they prefer to be addressed addressed in their own uh, language so especially i mean th that's just a fact um german-speaking countries they like being addressed in german yeah. and, and french, french like being addressed in french yeah. um, and they totally have to adapt to that and i mean although we do speak some french and understand it, it it's just we couldn't do the marketing like that's a whole different level of mm -hmm. uh, of knowledge of the language right. and i think like she said, definitely a lot of businesses struggle with that here to, to de determine because also when you start out, you cannot do your marketing in three different languages from the get-go. It's just too right. I um, think doing it in two languages is pretty difficult. I, it would be extremely yeah. difficult. I mean, you know, you, you, one, there's one thing to kind of be conversational in a language and there's, it's a whole other 
a uh, whole different ball game to to actually be able to work proficiently in a language and, and understand the grammatical structure and how sentences yeah. should be structured. So it doesn't sound like you're just putting in, you know, a different words in, in this structure, like putting English words in a German structure or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we studied a little French and my wife and I, and we struggle with that a little bit because we would, we would just take English words and implant them in English in French sentences. And our children were learning it with the French grammar. And so it was, mm -hmm. it sounded really well. You're really good. When we talked, it sounded terrible. So it's like, you know, we're, we're just trying yeah. to get, get by, you know, so. Yeah, we, that's yeah. how you start out, right? Exactly. You just got to, you know, use what you know. And when you pick up some words, you, you learn some more as you go. And then I think the, the grammar and the structure follows. And I just, it's absolutely practice and proficiency. That's, that's certainly what we found out. So. 100%. Walk me through a typical day. You guys get up and are you, you go to go to a co-working space? Are you working at an apartment there, a flat? I mean, what, what's a typical day in the in your marketingminds.com? Um, yeah, we get up. Uh, we usually try to do some exercise or take some time in the morning um, for ourselves before we start to work. Um, we don't get up as early as we would like to, <laughs> but we're working on it. Um, and then we either work from the apartment or we go to a co-working space or to a cafe in the city. Um, and then we, we work. <laughs> we have pretty, like, our days are pretty boring for a, like, laptop lifestyle. <laughs> I think because... Um, I know there's a lot of people who just work whenever, you know, around the clock, but our days are pretty structured. Um, we pretty much work from the morning to, you know, like lunchtime and then afternoonish. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. And like she said, we just switch places from where we work at. And of course, it's nice to have the freedom that if you don't want to work or you have appointments or meetings or whatever it is, you can do that without, you know, having to take time off or whatever. Right. So how do you determine who's doing what in the business? So far, I think um, we are dividing everything pretty well. So it's either that we have um, that we take care of different clients uh, separately and we just brainstorm together or we go over the, um, like we go through the strategy or whatever we have, we have to look at both. We do together. Um, so, so far we didn't have any problems and it's always, when we get new clients, it's always clear immediately who does what and who takes care of what. Um, so it just, yeah, but since we're like, it's not like she does, I don't know, social media and I do yeah. email or whatever. So, yeah. We pretty much do the same things because mm -hmm. we right. enjoy both. So we don't want to kind of split that. Um, we'd rather separate us by clients basically. Um, so that we're still able to do all those things. So since you started and started working together six months ago or so, what do you think has been the most um, rewarding thing that you've seen happen? What is, have you had one of those days where you just kind of look at each other and say, wow, this is going to work. This, this, is, this is the greatest day we've ever had as a, as a company. Um, take, take me to that day that you can kind of look back over the last six months and think, Wow, that was the that was kind of a that was a ten out of ten day there. Yeah, <laughs> we have lots of those days. Um, also, lots of the opposite, but also lots of good days. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure I, I can think of a specific day, but usually it's just 
like work related, it's when we celebrate, when we can celebrate some wins for clients, you know, when we have successful campaigns or when something is going well or whatever happens with work basically. Mm -hmm. um, or when you land like a new <coughs> client that you're really excited about. Yes. Um, sometimes it's even smaller things like, like we are in this online community and we have like our online friends and you can celebrate with them as well when exciting things happen in their lives or when you get to meet them in person, uh, things like that. And you just push each other and that can be like, you just feel that excitement for our business and be like, yes, let's do this. So yes. Tanya, you, you started early. I mean, you started before you guys kind of came together as a, as a company. So did you like bring some clients into this kind of business with you or I mean, what's, what's been the biggest um, obstacle, I guess, that you faced of finding clients or have you been very successful at that? Or I mean, as you look back over the last six months, you think, you know what, we're, we're almost at capacity. We we've almost, we're almost, you know, have as many clients as we can handle or, you know, where are you in that kind of gradient of, of uh, capacity there? I did bring clients in, um, into the business and since then we've both you know we're both on like the client hunt <laughs> um so also that that task is split um between the two of us and we do take on some clients right now but of course that always depends if it's projects or if it's monthly retainers um there's times when you have more capacity and then there's times where we're like okay that's it we cannot take any more any more clients on mm -hmm. um Right now, we do have some spots for clients open. Mm -hmm. But the so goal is... Oh, what you, you can handle. I'm sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the goal is also that we build a, little, a small team. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, of course, once we, are, we get closer to our capacity, we'll um, bring on more people. So how, how do you... Um, I had that question right in my mind there. Um, I guess the idea is that or the general idea I was trying to get to was the, as you're bringing on clients and how do you determine the metrics or what metrics are you using to, to show how successful is it strictly a bottom line revenue metric or is it, we're just increasing the number of, of page views. We're increasing the number of likes, shares, you know, all the other, the almost, I hate to use the word vanity metrics, but I mean, you kind of heard that is that, mm -hmm. I mean, what's the, if I'm a business owner at the end of the day, I, I'm concerned about the bottom line. So how do you, how do you determine that in a fairly short period of time? Because there has to be a, like a, like a lag period. There has to be a, you know, you're not going to start doing my social media today and I'm going to see immediate results. I mean, I understand that there's a, there's kind of a knock on effect, so to speak. So how do you, you know, if you're, let's, let's do, do a little quick coaching session here and I'm a business. What would, what services are you going to provide for rising tide startups podcast? And, and what would be some of the metrics that I would start seeing fairly soon um, that, that you would say would be a deliverable? Mm -hmm. is that a, is that a fair question? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it kind of depends and we have to do some more digging to figure out what you already have. But uh, in terms of metrics, it always depends on where the clients are at and if it's for social media or if it's for um, like content marketing, it means blog traffic, for example, or if it's for their email marketing, obviously you measure different things depending on what we're talking about. Um, like you said, especially with social media, it does not happen like overnight. It just right. takes some time. 
uh, and also it depends, you know, there are clients who just want visibility. They know that they will not make millions of social media. They, but they also know they need to be present. They need to be there. So for them, oftentimes it might just really be the, the likes on their pages or the reach that they get with the posts. Um, but I guess mostly it would be, um, website traffic. Cause once they're on the website, right. it's kind of the company's task to, you know, like lead them through their sales process. And yeah. mm, but it, it totally depends. For example, if we do a, a lead gener uh, generation campaign through social media, for example, mm -hmm. then it's also, you know, generated leads and we can right. do that organic or with paid social media. So it, it depends 100% on what the whole um, thing is about and what the goals are. Mm -hmm. now, basically is your, is your, um, I guess your business set up to really lead, you know, bring leads into the funnel or is it to lead them through the entire sales process or where does, where do you, I guess, where does your service stop in that, in the funnel itself in the, in the whole sales process? That's a very good question. <laughs> no, because we, we have some small companies that need everything. Like they, they don't have a, a marketing funnel in place at all. Mm -hmm. And so we have to look at the whole process from the beginning to the start, you know, from where they get the, where the customers um, see them first, right. maybe online or whatever other media to the point where they buy or refer someone else to, from, to buy from the company. So it, it totally depends and um, mm, it, it does depend. However, I think that for us, the first part of that until the like the sales is, or until the, um, until they're like a hot lead mm -hmm. is more important for us because yeah. that's when we say, okay, we've done our part. They are right. hot leads right now. Right. And your sales team or whoever handles it needs to take care of them and needs to nurture them. We can help you with that. But basically from the marketing perspective, yeah. Um, it's our job to bring in leads. Right. Right. And that, that's, I mean, that obviously the, would be the, the bulk of what, you know, the services you would provide, but I could also see as, as Stephanie mentioned, I could see companies that, I mean, even large companies that you could look at and you could go, you know, your sales process, the customer experience, all the things that you're leading through is terrible. You know, we could, you know, you need to tweak this and you need to nurture the, the, the nurture process of bringing people through your funnel needs to be different. And all these things, you know, I could, I can see your, I see, I can just see the gears spinning in your minds right now as you're, as you're thinking, you yeah. probably looked at rising tide website and go, that's terrible. You need, you, you know, I'll bring you talk about rising tides later. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But you know what? I'm expecting a million dollars in revenue. So, you know, if you guys can deliver, just bring it on. We will uh, we can talk out <laughs> offline, but Let's I wanted to, uh, to touch base really quickly before we take a really kind of a deeper dive into your minds. But, just what would you say would be for, you know, for those that are interested in, in kind of going out on their own, doing the solo thing, doing the, you know, kind of the re digital nomad, remote work, whatever space, you know, you find yourselves in, what would you say would be the, the best thing that you've encountered? And, and, you know, maybe one of you take the best and one of you take the worst, you know, you got the, you got the good and the bad. I mean, what, what would, what could people expect that are thinking about doing this? Mm -hmm. I'll take the best. <laughs> I'm the devil then I guess <laughs> um, one of the most important things is freedom so just the freedom uh, to work from wherever you want um, to schedule your time however you want and to 
just create the life that you want basically it's hard and it you know it's not always easy um but the possibility is there and you can do it if you want to so this is the most important thing really because why else would you choose this lifestyle right i mean most people they right. really do it for their freedom mm. i think um Okay, sorry, I was, I was so excited about this point because this is really the most important point for me. Do you want to add something? No, it's just true. It's all right, yeah. Well, let me add something. Let me ask you a question really quick and then we'll get to the kind of the downside. Um, I haven't forgotten about you, Tanya, here. So, <laughs> the, but the up, from the upside, so freedom is good, but if people, I mean, do they have to be disciplined to be able to take advantage of that freedom? Or like, I can, I can imagine somebody you know, they go to work and they work eight hours a day or whatever at their, at their job, at their office job, because their boss requires them to be there doing their work. Now, suddenly they're, they wake up Monday morning and they, they are setting their own schedule. They're setting their own, you know, the own, their own parameters that they have to work within. I, I could see that if you didn't see results immediately, you might get a little lazy or depressed or, you know, or, or just kind of, you know, fall into some bad habits, you know. Uh, Tanya mentioned not getting, or maybe Stephanie mentioned, we don't get up quite as early as we'd like to get up. You know, I can see that kind of slipping and all these things happening. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're going, uh, you know, I, I can't even make a go of this anymore. So yeah. how do you, how do you battle that? A little bit? Actually, we got this question a lot, you know, from people that go to work to a nine to five every day yeah. and they're like, so are you actually working at home or do you just chill all day? Watch Watching Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get paid to watch Netflix. To always. <laughs> exactly right. It, it takes a lot of discipline, I think. Um, well, let me rephrase this. We are quite disciplined, um, but I know for a lot of people, it takes a lot of effort to get up in the morning and do their work if they don't. If they know they don't have to. Mm -hmm. uh, it was never really a struggle with us. I mean, there are days where you're just like, okay, I think I'm gonna like take it a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. But in general. Um, you do need to be disciplined and i know there are people who are who have more of that and some who just you know don't fit into that kind of lifestyle which is totally fine as well yeah. um but i mean you will figure out pretty quickly that it doesn't work if you don't get up and do oh, your sure. job yeah. it, it just doesn't you you end up on your sofa which is really comfy but it will not bring <laughs> <in> any money <laughs> you almost made her spit her tea out there <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great point. I think, you you know, surrounding yourself with community, too. You mentioned, you know, you, you have Facebook groups or, you know, other people yes. that are in communities, on, especially online, that, that can, you know, can help. But so, so okay, now now's your time to shine the, the, uh, the bright light of here's the downside of working <laughs> remote, if there is um, one. Of course. I mean, to every, like, pro, there's a contra, mm. uh, I guess. And... For us, I think I can speak for the both of us. It's probably that <laughs> um, when you're like you get into this lifestyle and you're really enjoying it for quite a time, quite a quite a while, and then you realize, okay, um, you don't meet any people if you don't actually go outside, and mm. you kind of start missing the this work life where you go to your your job and you meet people just naturally. Um, and especially because we moved to a different country, of course, you have to make more effort to meet people yeah. if, you are, if you can work from your apartment, basically. Um, so I would say that is a downside for sure. Mm -hmm. right. But then also, we have a great community that we connect with every day online. 
um, and of course it's not in person and it's different, but, but those are people that are in a similar position than we are and you know you can just connect with them and exchange opinions and um, brainstorm and whatever not so this has been really great for us but mm -hmm. the the in-person connections i think that would probably be a downside for us no. but it's also it's already two of us so now it's already better than when i was working remotely by myself yeah that had, that that is true that, and i, I yeah. think you would if you go to like co-working spaces and or if you're meeting people out there if you're you know connecting online or whatever frequently that you know seeing people the same people the same you know everyday type thing i mean it's almost like you're replicating the the benefits of an office without the downside so yeah, yeah. You know, and it's great yeah. like in this in this era with the co-working spaces right i mean it's just it's as easy as it can get literally yep. to, to have your own business and to to meet people so that has been really helpful right so let me take a really quick deep dive and then we're going to step into the kind of our final section. I'm really looking forward to, but to hearing you guys kind of, kind of go into teaching mode and teach us a little bit through our, our micro course section. But I want to, I want to just ask you really quickly, maybe one line answers and you guys can take turns or answer them together, whatever you want to do. But who is one person online that, that you would say really inspires you? <laughs> We actually, or me, I think, no, both of us, we don't have this one, we don't have that one person. And mm -hmm. we usually never do. Like, we don't have that one favorite movie or anything, one favorite, we always have more. Um, and especially with people and with ways that we find our inspiration um, right. online, it, it just changes all the time. Like, right now, we get it from our mentors, we get it from the authors of the books that we read and listen to and mm. it can change you know next next week it can be totally different yeah. so it's really whatever we it depends on the state of mind you're in yes. and also sure. the, where you're at like where you're stuck at or where exactly. you where you want to improve or develop yeah. like personal development yeah. it changes yeah well since i didn't like the answer to that question i'm going to ask you another question that's Sorry. I, i'm just kidding <laughs> so that since you have so many people that inspire you, do you, it's going to be hard to narrow it down to just like one life quote, isn't it? Because you probably have many things that inspire you. So is there a, or is there just one particular quote that you like have taped up on your wall somewhere? Or you've got it there, written on the, by the computer or whatever. So what is it? There is. It's actually not written on the wall. It's on <laughs> our bodies. <laughs> we have a tattoo. <laughs> um, just one between you? Like you have half of it and she has the other half? <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing we did not share. <laughs> um, it's create your own reality. That one, it was something, and I can't even remember where we picked it up, but it was when we started out and it kind of just spoke to us. Um, it was what we needed to hear at that moment. And for us, it's just the, the fact that you literally whatever, like your emotions and your actions and all those things, they create your reality. And it's different for all of us. Even, I mean, we're really similar, but every single moment, it's just a different reality for both of us. Sure. And um, the funny thing is, since we got that tattoo, we keep seeing this quote everywhere. <laughs> and I don't know, like, I mean, it's definitely something that's, that is in a lot of books and everything. Now we know. Right. But before that, we've just never heard it. And right. You know, it just keeps popping up. 
But it's yeah. so true. It, it's so true of, of the lifestyle that you've chosen. I mean, it, it really is very indicative of, of kind of a, a life motto that, you know, you, you get up every day and, and with the responsibility to create your own reality, you know, as mm. far as your company's concerned. So exactly. up creating your own reality, you have, you are going to get the microphone all to yourselves here in just a second. And I, I want you to share like two or three just really key steps. Uh, if you were going to teach us a, a micro course on marketing, on how to, you know, whatever it is, what three things you need to know about social media marketing, you have the microphone, you have the floor, you can teach us whatever you want to teach us. But um, I just kind of gave you a little prep beforehand uh, that I uh, hope you guys have worked out who gets to do what, who's one going to hold the cards. And the others. <laughs> So. Yeah, we have this whole hundred page presentation. <laughs> yeah, oh, PowerPoint. <laughs> That's, right. That's exactly right. We're going to do Facebook Live right here. So take it, take it away, girls. Okay. Do you want to get started? All right. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, um, a lot of companies approach us and they're like, well, we want social media. We want Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and I don't know what else. And then they don't realize that they're not at this point yet. And we're like, okay, let's take a step back and look at like, are you even ready for doing all this? Is your digital marketing in place? Do you know why you want to be on those social media channels? Exactly. And um, so we take them on this process where you first, and I mean, this is spoken about quite a lot, but it's so important. Otherwise, you don't need to start any marketing at all if you don't know what your goal is. So they have to figure out who is their target market, who is their target audience. Be really specific with that. Otherwise, you won't even know which social media platform you want to be on. They have to know how to approach how to approach them. Like, what's their messaging? What what do they or even their offer? What what are they selling? Are they really clear on what what it is that they do? Um, and also, their where can they find them? Exactly. So the media, basically. You know, some say, okay, social media strategy is gonna be the next thing for me, and we're like, no, come on, take a step back. Social media is a tactic, and we can use it if it makes sense for you. But maybe it doesn't. So we really want to look at the media that makes sense for this uh, specific company. Sure. It could be like, it could be, the, it could be a blog or maybe even starting with the website. We don't even know, you know, if there's no website, then let's start there. Um, blog, email, social media, maybe it's even old school mail or TV or whatever. I mean, we don't do traditional marketing, but we can see if online is just not the way to go or like additionally. Just what complements it. Exactly. And then, um, of course, uh, so the first thing is identifying all of this. And the next step would be to look at how can we generate leads for them? What makes sense? Um, what kind of lead generation campaign can they do? You know, can, does it work with an information uh, product, for example, like an ebook or a white paper or a checklist or whatever, something to download? Um, and how do we do that? And how do they communicate it? And how do they promote it? Where do they do they promote it and then also what's very important is what happens to those leads afterwards what we were just talking about before you know when we get you the leads in what do you do with them do they just go into an excel file and then that's it or or what happens afterwards how do you nurture them exactly and then how do you you know from their nurturing they need to go into your like sales definitely like sales process where you literally close the deal and that's like the second floor of this three-step process basically so the first one was like everything pre-sales um then there is this sales cycle of lead generation nurturing your leads and closing the deals and then there's the process after the sale um how do you provide deliver. how do you deliver and, and 
provide good services and how do you uh, get recommend like recommendations and um, referrals. referrals from your clients you know because you can definitely leverage the clients that you have and increase your lifetime value of those clients so this is also like tied together and um, it's the whole marketing funnel and that would be the three really basic steps of what we do with our clients and how you structure marketing campaigns basically in about two and a half minutes you have completely explained the marketing process of a business from a to as the as, as the brits would say a to z so you have that is that is remarkable how quickly you guys covered those steps and how thoroughly you covered them because not only did you just list them, you also gave some kind of sub points under each one. So let me let me try to recap these as, as closely as I can and you correct anything that I, that I haven't mentioned here. So, I mean, the first is obviously identifying your target market, be specific, where do they hang out? What do they do? What are their habits? Who are they? Uh, the second is really, you know, what makes sense to generate leads from this target market? I mean, what what's the social media channel you would choose? What's the... Uh, the medium, you know, that you would that you would use to to achieve the the lead generation. And third is how do you close the deal? How do you how what is the sales process? And not only that, it's it's kind of the the complete sales process, which is also the follow up. You know, how do you how do you provide after sales service? How do you provide support? How do you provide or how do you ask for you know referrals from those clients that you that you've closed? Is that a fair summation of what you just said? It definitely is. Yeah. See, you can do it even faster than we can. <laughs> yeah, but but certainly not as not as well as you did. So I just I just cheated. I just wrote notes as you were speaking. <laughs> so I think that is tremendous. And and would you would you say that um, on the very first part of that? I mean, when your target audience. So if is there like a a discovery process that you go through with companies when when uh, let's say they they come to you as an initial client. Do you, I mean, what exactly are the things that you're, you're kind of looking for? Uh, what does the company need to provide you in essence so you can make the determination of, you know, what is, how do we help them to decide on their target market? Because it's, it's a bit of a misnomer, isn't it? That everybody understands who their target market is. Yeah. And there's a lot of companies out there that are selling stuff and they really haven't even identified step number one yet. They're, and they're Absolutely. operational. So how, what's kind of the discovery process that you might take them through? What are some questions you might ask them? Um, the first step is definitely figuring out what their goals are. So where do they want to go with their business within the next year or even the next five years? What do they want to achieve? And then also how would they measure this? Like how would they measure um, success or how, how, what would need to happen in order for them to feel successful? Um, and if it's specific, specific, sorry, specifically about finding out um, who the target audience is, um, we would like we cannot figure out the target audience for our clients. They need to do this by themselves. But if we notice that this is a step that's missing mm -hmm. um, and that they have to do before, right. then we just provide guidance and help them with questions and make sure that they are really clear on specific points and also right. not just who they are, but also how they address them and where they can find them. And obviously the perfect client will be someone who knows their target market, yeah. who knows their offer and their product and their services, and who knows what medium they need to use to, to address the right people. Um, some people or some companies think they have all of that figured out and later on you find out that yeah. that's not the case. Um, 
but of course that would be that would be nice then we can like go in and do our job exactly <laughs> everything's easy yeah. <laughs> yeah i think those companies are called a unicorn it's yeah. what i think they're they don't exist i really do like unicorns though <laughs> I don't think they exist. I because I think I mean so many companies, I think you're exactly right. I think they they think they understand marketing, they think they understand their sales process and and understand their customer base. And and it's surprising how many how many when you start really drilling down and asking the questions, they're like, Well, I really hadn't thought about that. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean we're making we're revenue, getting... so obviously we understand our client base. Well, yeah. that's not necessarily true. Exactly. Yeah. Or you ask them who are you selling to? Well, everyone everyone can eat people this. with money that's who we're selling to that's right yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that stephanie you mentioned a minute ago we asked them what their goals are in a year five years i think the answer they would give you i want to make more money hmm. well, that's that's not a goal that's that's just kind of a vision of you know where you want to head but specifically what do you want to do and how can we kind of reverse engineer that and work backwards and say these are the steps you have to take to get to to these goals and these are these measurable goals. But um, I'll, guys, that that is a that's a tremendous uh, mini or micro course that you you've given us in a very short period of time. And I, I really appreciate you you know being so clear and so prepared and you know to really give value to our listeners in, in that particular space. And um, is there anything that we have not covered that I haven't asked you about that that you want to add here as we're as we're wrapping up and um, I want to ask you, you know, after that, I want to ask you, where can people find you? What's the, where's the best place to find you online? Um, I think the most important thing, so for people that haven't started out yet, but they want to change something in their life, so they want to get away from their nine to five, it's just, you know, know that you can create your own reality. Really, we all can. Like, it's in our hands, you know, we have the power in our hands. And if we want to do something, we can. I know it's not always easy. And I know there are responsibilities and things that can get in the way. But in the end, um, we are responsible for our lives. And we should make the most of it. Um, so this and then also on the marketing side, of course, uh, you know, digital marketing nowadays, uh, it's a huge opportunity for companies. Sure. Um, might it be social media, but not just social media, also, you know, content marketing. It's still, it's so valuable and important. And the time for companies to get um, on those channels really is now because, of course, there are coming more channels all the time and things are changing so quickly. Um, but like what, how companies can grow online uh, right now is just amazing. And yeah, we just love supporting uh, businesses um, with this. And yeah, yeah I think that pretty much sums it up. And to answer your other question, where to find us, um, our website is yourmarketingminds.com and our social media handles are at yourmarketingminds. So that's where you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, I think that's the best way to reach us. And I'm sure you have an active social presence because that's kind of what you do for a living. <laughs> We're trying to, as good as we can. <laughs> to be honest, you know those people that are like, well, we're doing this for a living, but we're doing this for our clients so much that we just don't take the time to do it for ourselves. <laughs> that a, that's a great point. That's a, I was thinking that as soon as I said that, I thought, unless you're so busy doing it for other people, that you don't have time to do it for yourself. That's happened. Unfortunately, it does happen, yes. 
<laughs> it's it's something that we definitely need to work on more and we know it <laughs> <laughs> well guys you you have uh you've really brightened our day by uh providing us so much value as i mentioned earlier in the in this interview in this chat and it's just been a pleasure having you as as guests and and i, I love the fact that we got buy one get one free today so we are we your first like duo uh, maybe, maybe I have to look back and make sure that you, but I, I certainly, that's right. And, and for the price I paid you, you're certainly the, the best deal we've ever gotten. So that's a zero. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you again for just, just uh, being here and just playing your part in uh, helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great evening.